in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua the Almighty. This is a very urgent message. So please bear with me and hear me to the very end. This is a very urgent message. As I was putting together multiple videos that we plan to upload as soon as possible by the grace of God, the Lord had brought to my attention a message that was released right before the abomination was enforced upon the entire earth. And as he brought me back to this video, it was very shocking how prophetic the warning truly was. And it was very grieving because I could hear the cry of Jesus Christ through the message, warning his children to prepare for what was right around the corner. As some of you know, the holy day of Purim will be on the 6th of this month. We are calling for a three day fast. It'll start this Saturday on the Sabbath when you wake up and it will go until Monday evening when the sun goes down. But the terrifying thing about this warning is because the original and first time this message was released that you're about to watch, it was a cry from the Holy Spirit to get us to fast and pray and seek the Almighty God for help in time of need. Millions upon millions had no clue that only months later, the abomination would be mandated and enforced across the land. We warned people with tears, but sadly, over 70% bowed the knee. My question is, why does God want us to re-watch this message and do another three-day fast? What is he preparing us for? You have to ask yourself, why does God want us to do another three-day fast and watch this message and prepare? What is it that the enemy has planned? Can't you see the handwriting is on the wall? Where are the voices crying in the wilderness? Where are the watch? Where are the watchmen that are supposed to be warning the church? World War III is on the horizon. The river Euphrates is almost dried up and that is prophesied in the book of Revelation chapter 16. So many biblical things are coming to pass, yet who has their eyes open to see? I pray that you will patiently watch this entire message, do the prayer at the end and commit to this three day fast that we will begin this Saturday, which is the Sabbath on the 4th. We love you all so much. Please stop this video and pray that you will watch this video in the spirit and you will perceive how prophetic this word truly was. I have re-edited the video so that way we can point out all the prophetic warnings that were truly in this message. We also had to change the original time and date of the fast that was called right before the abomination was released upon the earth. With that being said, get your Bible a notepad and a pen and focus on the word of the Lord and may you truly hear the voice crying in the wilderness. Grace and peace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
Yeshua the Messiah. To the elect across the earth, we love y'all so much. Welcome back to the dinner table. You must be starving. I'm excited to see you. We've missed y'all. We love y'all. If you're new to the channel, I'm gonna get straight to the, I'm gonna cut straight to the mustard. The reason we call it a dinner table is because Jesus Christ cooks the message and I serve it to you as a waiter. Okay? If you really want to know, he has many titles. I mean, think of all through the Bible. What's the first thing Christ says he'll do in Revelation 3.20 if you let him in? Eat with you. Have you ever heard of the marriage supper of the Lamb? Have you ever heard the scripture, taste and see that the Lord is good? I mean, I can go on and on. Do you not know that Christ, when he was born, he was placed in a manger? This is a place where animals eat off. It's a it's a plate, literally. Like Christ came out of the womb and was put on a plate. <laughs> I'm about to do the walk away. So if you're new to the channel, we got something we love to say to give glory to Christ. It goes a little something like this. Jesus Christ is not just the Lord of Lords. He's not just the King of Kings. He's the chef of all chefs. Can I get an amen? He's the king of the kitchen. Can I get an amen? And of course, as a servant of the Most High God, I'm going to be your waiter. I'm going to serve you the meal that the Messiah has given to me. Amen? And to eat a good meal, you definitely going to need a plate. You feel what I'm saying? So, What you know about the Lord is my shepherd plate. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let me see how good I can slide that on over to you. Whoo! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Let me let me neaten it up a little bit for you. Hold on. All right. You like works it, brother Wally is a perfectionist. Yeah, I, it would have messed with me the whole time. I, <laughs> I need my plate straight. But do you mind? I know this is gonna sound crazy because you know waiters ain't supposed to sit down and eat with the people they serving. But do you mind if I get a plate? Can I eat with you? Put your Bible on that plate now. Come on, now. Don't you start reaching for the food. You ain't even washed your hands yet, and your mama didn't raise you like that. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray together. Say this with me. Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, forgive me of all sins and wash me in your holy blood, mind, body, soul, and spirit. I forgive all those that have hurt me, and I forgive my enemies. I reject and renounce all of the kingdom of Satan and everything he has to offer. I give all glory and praise to Jesus Christ, the mighty King of all kings. Lord, may your word go forth as a light unto my feet, health to my bones, to convict me, correct me, encourage me. Faith comes by the hearing of the word of the Lord. Lord, do not let the enemy hinder me from receiving your blessing in this message. May I focus and stay focused on you and have the mind of Christ. The same mind that was in Christ Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. 
Amen. And Father God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you speak through me. May your word be alive, sharpened in a two-edged sword to the hearers. Amen. In Jesus Christ's name. So, look, this is exciting, okay? We got a lot of announcements. Saints of God, there's been a lot of things going on. God is demanding more from us, okay, as the time draws to an end. Remember, Satan comes down with great wrath. Why? Because he knows his time is short. But saints, we are running out of time. We got to do the most we can do for the gospel, for Christ, for the kingdom of heaven while we are able to do it. Nobody is promised tomorrow. Okay, so in this ministry, we're trying to reach as many as we can with the gospel and warn as many as we can about the agenda of the beast. Really, I'm going to keep it real. I just want to get right into the message. If that's okay. I know. How's your mother? How's everything? I want to ask you how your life has been. You know, family affair at the dinner table. We, we family, so we got to talk as family. But let's get right into this message. <laughs> you know what? We ain't even did the fist bump of peace, have we? Because I don't want no problems with you. Pharisees in the back, for some reason, they don't like it, brother. But me and you, though, we supposed to be cool. So can we do the fist bump of peace? Is that all right with you? Come on. You know what I'm saying? I can't lean in as close. You know, it's a longer table. But we love y'all so much, okay? I like to be a little bit playful at the table, you know, because that's how family are. You know what I mean? We smile. Sometimes we laugh a little bit. But when the serious conversation is needed... All that gets put to the side. So we got to talk about this. There is an urgent message that God has strongly put on my spirit. And look, I'm not saying that there's other people that are not talking about this. Obviously, it's a holy day of the Lord coming up. But the way he's revealed it to me, I'm I'm very excited. Um, He gave me a revelation about Esther a long time ago, and (laughs) it only cooked up longer in the crock pot. You know what I mean? With the kitchen of Christ, you never know what's going to come out of that oven. Amen. So as a lot of y'all already know, as some of you don't know, is pur or parim. Some call it purim, right? But it's, it's the what happened in the book of Esther, okay? This is a very important holy day. And the one thing I want to say is please be careful with other people that are telling you about this holy day, giving you false hope, okay? What I mean by that is God is angry with the wicked right now, okay? The Bible says he's angry with the wicked all day long. There are so many professing Christians that are living very wicked right now. So for YouTube teachers and preachers or whatever you want to call them, get online and promise some amazing deliverance that God is going to protect his people, all Christians. God is going to be there for them. And saints of God, look, God is going to be there for those that are weeping right now, that are crying out for mercy, that are sincerely repenting. That means they're turning away from their sin. God ain't playing with nobody. So I'm not one of these little cupcake preachers trying to, you know what I'm saying, brown nose some of y'all so that way you don't unsubscribe and walk away. 
You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you the truth. That's how we roll here. We don't sugarcoat nothing. That's why I wanted to do the fist bump of peace because I want you to know I'm not your enemy just because I tell you. Remember what Paul said? He said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? The truth is an offense. Remember that. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, there is something prophetic that I want to show y'all. Okay? But... It's only for those that are sincere. Remember, Paul talked about those who love the Lord in all sincerity. Why did he say that? Because many people do this. Only few people do that. You see what I'm saying? So we love every single one of y'all. And so many of you are growing fast, fast. Like it's impressive. My wife and I are tremendously humbled how fast people are coming in. And wanting to get saved and stay saved. We're in the last hour. This is the time of the great harvest. To try to save as many souls as possible. By bringing them the light of the world. Jesus Christ. So we love you so much. But you got to remember. I have a responsibility. I'm talking to thousands of people right now. Which means everybody's on different levels. Some people are obeying Christ. And some people are living like devils. And the message ain't going to be the same for everybody. You see how real it is. Now watch this. So we're getting ready for this holy day. All right. And the reason why I need you to spread this video as fast as you can is because we are calling a worldwide fast. All the followers of the Messiah to do a three day, three night fast with us to cry out to the Lord for deliverance. So we can approach our great king in his throne and get help in a time of need. I'm already acting up. I'm about to do the walk away. And if you're new to the channel, you're like, what do you mean walk away? Sometimes the word gets so strong, a brother can't help but to just walk away. <laughs> in fact, we got thousands of brothers and sisters that walk away with a brother because we get hit with the word at the same time you know it hit me the same way it hit y'all you know what I mean you like oh the Lord is so good and the thing you got to realize is the reason he's the king of the kitchen and I'm just a waiter is because re in reality you may see me get excited you may see me get all hype but it's because I boast in the Lord not myself what could I do other than what God give me Think about what I'm saying to you logically. He gets all the glory. Amen. So if you see me walk away, you might want to walk away with me. And I'll be back, though. I promise. Now, let's get right into it. This amazing story of Esther. Oh, I'm so excited, saints. Like, this is a life-changing message. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I hope you got your paper and pen. You already know. I hope you got your Bibles. Because we getting ready to go in. Amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? So, go to Esther. Now, what we're going to do to make sure this don't turn into a, a three-hour message is... I'm going to skim over some chapters I'm going to read, read longer than others and some chapters I'm going to paraphrase because I need you to see the prophetic message. Okay, you're going to, I'm telling you, this meal is amazing. you like, man of God, come on, this meal is amazing. You, if you would stop talking and preach, maybe I could taste the food. Don't be giving the brother no attitude. You know what? For that, I'm drinking water. You can wait. 
I'm just playing with you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Come on. You ready? Let's do it. I know. I do my little 20-minute intro without fail. You know what I mean? But that's because we family. We can't just start eating. You know what I mean? I don't want to know how you doing. The book of Esther, chapter 1. We're going to fast forward. Okay? In the beginning, you had King Ahasuerus. Okay? And this king was no joke. Like, his kingdom... It spread, like, far, okay? And if you read chapter 1, he calls for a great feast. And, I mean, man, they keeping the party going. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it was, you know, they weren't born again, okay? But, interesting enough, there was mention of, Hey, what's, what's good with, you know what I mean? Bring your prized possession out. You know what I mean? He wanted to bring Queen Vashti. So, start from verse 7, chapter 1. Look at what it says. It says, and they gave them drink and vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse one from another, and royal wine in abundance, according to the state of the king. And the drinking was according to the law. None did compel. For so, I'm already burping. Forgive me. I'm being rude at the table. Well, it depends on what country you're from. If you were somewhere like Italy, a burp is a compliment. You know what I mean? But it says, For so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. That's crazy because... Alistair Crowley is do what thou will, right? They Satanism, they try to promote do whatever you want. But we know that in the kingdom of heaven, you do what the Lord's will is. And of course, he's awesome. God is not boring. You know what I mean? Like there's so much fun. I've never had the joy, peace, and excitement and fun that I have in the Lord with my family and with y'all than I did in the world when we would sell drugs and ride around in nice cars and pop moed and go to clubs and that's not joy that's a false form of fun and entertainment but anyways i'm going off as usual let's let's get back now let's get back those that are born again are like what like the wind but check this out also vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house, which belongs to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry, the wine he commanded, Muhum, and Bista, and Harbona, and Bigta, and Ab... Ab yeah, don't be making fun of her, brother. You try to read these fast. Abagatha, Zar, <laughs> and Carcass. That's a... Man, you know, they don't like their child. What you want to name them? We're going to name them Carcass. Um, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king. All right, check this out. To bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look on. Now, ladies, I can feel you. You know what I'm saying? You like, look. I don't know who King Ahasuerus think he is, but I ain't no piece of meat and no trophy for a bunch of drunk men to be lusting over. <laughs> but 
this is a whole nother message and I'm tempted to get into it, but I'm going to leave it alone now. But it talks about how even sometimes when the man has the wrong motive, disobeying can still provoke God. But we're not, we're not going to get into that. But, but the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth and his anger burned in him. Now, what I want to say is we're going to fast forward. Like I said, to save time because I need as many people to watch the entire message. Like I said, we're going to paraphrase. We're going to read little nuggets here and there. We're going to skim through. Is that okay with y'all? And again, you can read the whole book on your own time. Amen. Hallelujah. So what happens is this causes a big issue because Vashti straight up disrespected the king. In front of all those people. And in haste, they were like, look, you're going to have to get rid of her. Because she's rebellious. And our wives are going to end up rebelling against us. Because if the queen don't respect the king, then who are we? You know what I'm saying? So to make a long story short, he gets rid of Queen Vashti. Sends her off. Okay. But later on. He desires her. He remembers Vashti. If you go to chapter 2. And basically. Oh this is so amazing. Wow. I'm just caught up in in the spirit. Just thinking about a few things. Forgive me it happens. (laughs) But go to chapter 2 verse 1. It says after these things. When the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased. He remembered Vashti. And what she had done. And what was decreed against her. Okay. But you got to remember something. When a king gives a decree. There's no turning. You, there's, you're not turning back from that. Once the word goes forth. You can't. Even a king can't change it. Remember God says my word shall not come back to me. What? Void. Now I want to switch up. And I want to show you the prophetic foreshadow. Because I gave a message um, about this in the past, I, I think it's safe to say we could just cut straight to the mustard, okay? So as you know, the most exciting thing to do in the Word of God is find Christ. Whether you find Him hidden, whether you find Him as far as foreshadows, or whether you find Him literally, whether you find His prophecies, anything to do with the Son of God is what pleases God the Father the most, okay? That's why this ministry is called Revelations of Jesus Christ. Because of the revelations of Jesus Christ that God the Father gives us, okay? And that's what we love the most, okay? That's more important to us than anything else, is knowing Christ greater. So, with that being said, God gave me this revelation many years ago that Esther... Is a foreshadow of the bride of Christ. The church. King Ahasuerus. Is a foreshadow of Christ. He's not Christ. But he's a type like a foreshadow. A prophetic vision. Of a greater to come. You get what I'm saying. Okay. And Vashti. uh, See I'm getting ahead of myself. 
how am I going to do this, Lord? Because I don't even want to skip none of this Esther. You know what I mean? Like, this is amazing, Lord. And I just don't want <laughs> saints. I don't want to skip over a lot, but I have no choice. I'm going to paraphrase a lot. So let's cut straight to the mustard. Vashti represents Israel as a nation. Think about this logically now. You see where I'm going with it. Because remember, there's an urgent message about this holy day coming up and why we're going to fast together for three days and three nights. Amen. Lord willing, by the grace of God, if you choose. And now I need you to see the greater picture. So that way, while you're fasting with us and we're crying out unto the Lord together, you're going to have such a great vision of what your goal is and what it is you're doing because you're going to see the whole story of Esther matching and lining up with what we need to be done now in our day. This is the end of the days that we're living in, saints. Make no mistake about it. Now listen. So if Esther represents the bride of Christ, right, and Ahasuerus represents Christ as a foreshadow, Vashti represents the nation of Israel that rejected Jesus Christ. So what did Jesus Christ do? He went to Israel first. Remember, salvation is of the Jews. Remember, Romans says to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. There's no mistake in that. And I truly believe that in this last hour, the bride of Christ, the the church, okay, started off with actually Jews. And then went to the Gentiles when the the majority of the Jews rejected the gospel. Remember, they said, all right, well, we'll go to the Gentiles. It was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. Then it came to pass in the book of Acts. But that was the Vashti. Because if you remember, well, I haven't told you yet, but Vashti's name, it means the greatest of women. And if you if you look at it, Israel is God's beloved, right? The the greatest of all cultures and people and places. This is God's chosen people. Vashti is the greatest of all women. But it got to Vashti's head. She thought she could just say no to the king. I don't want you're calling me to come to you, but I'm saying no. I got my own party over here. I'm I'm doing my own thing. You see what I'm saying? That's a whole nother message, by the way. I really wanted to get into that, but I, I know it's gonna take a lot of time. You notice how when the Lord Jesus Christ, the greater king Ahasuerus, when he came to the earth, he went to Vashti first. He went to his bride. He went to Israel first. But when they rejected him as a nation, that don't mean all of them. Obviously, you got the disciples. You got Paul and Barnabas, Priscilla and Aquila, and they spread, right? But as a nation, all the Pharisees and the chief priest and the people, they rejected the Messiah's call for them. Just like Vashti, wow, this is so good. She rejected King Ahasuerus's call to his throne room. So now King Ahasuerus is looking for another bride. Notice Jesus says, okay, all right, you don't, you don't want me? I will go to the Gentiles. I will send my disciples to the Gentiles. Remember, he gave the story of the king who had a great feast. He summoned for the people to come, but ain't nobody come. 
What'd he say? Ah, oh, well, this food ain't going to go to waste. Hey, go to the highways, go to the byways and find whoever will. Whoever want to come, they are more than welcome. And the Gentiles were more than joyful to accept their, the Messiah as their Messiah and be grafted in. How fun, how exciting is this message already? Thank you, Jesus Christ. Wow. And it's interesting because it says, and afterwards, King Ahasuerus remembered Vashti. In this last hour, Christ will remember Israel. He's not done. Now, of course, many argue who are the real Jews. Who God knows who the real Israel is. Amen. And there's many different shades and places where the true Israelites are. The true Hebrews in America, all over in Ethiopia, all around the earth. He knows his bloodline. He knows his people. He will draw them, okay? Some people, they think they know everything, okay? But the reality is, God will remember his Jews. He will remember the Jews. He will remember the Israelites. And remember, it started off with God's foundational Jews and the Gentiles walking together with the gospel, yes or no? Once once the 12 disciples, and of course Judas was replaced, Paul was a Jew, Barnabas, and once the gospel was spread, now Gentiles started being grafted in and they're walking together. Jew and Gentile together. The wall was broken down. Didn't it say that in the word? But in the last hour, you're going to see a rise of bloodline Jews, Hebrews, Walking with Gentiles together in power and authority. That's a whole nother message. But I wanted you to see how Vashti represents the, is, the, the Jews. And Esther represents the church. The bride of Christ. Okay. So now. Okay. We got that out of the way. Now. The interesting. The cool thing is. Ahasuerus. His name means the head. Prince. Or the chief. Is not Jesus Christ, uh, it says, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Is Jesus not the Prince of Peace, right? Is he not the head of the bride? So can't you see how King Ahasuerus actually was a secret prophetic foreshadow of Christ? Real quick, this meal got really, really amazingly tasty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow, this message is moving quickly. Hallelujah. So, as you know... They summoned virgins from all over the place, right? Because now he's looking for a new wife and a new queen. I'm trying to paraphrase it to save the time. And of course, as you know, Mordecai, which we're going to get into that in a minute. And you have Esther, and her real name is Hadassah. Now, the interesting thing about the name Hadassah, it means myrtle tree and if you know anything about the myrtle tree, it gives such a beautiful fragrance. One of the most unique, most beautiful smells. Okay, look it up. So there's that interesting thing that Hadassah is a beautiful smell to God. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But Esther means to hide or conceal or to be hidden. Notice that. Oh, I, I, look, I can feel a walk away coming. Y'all better get ready for it. Saints of God, we as the bride of Christ, the Lord has been keeping us hidden. Because he's preparing us in the wilderness. Even look at John the Baptist. He was hidden in the wilderness. When he came out, they didn't even know what hit him. 
They were like, who is this? They sent people to go ask him, are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? No, no, no. Who are you? I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord to travel. That's what he said. But they, they, he, they, caught, they were caught off guard. Sister, brother, brother, sister. Some of you, you get discouraged because you don't get recognized. People don't acknowledge the good you do. They don't acknowledge your hard work, your prayers, and, you know, the things you do. Maybe it's because God got you hidden for a certain season. I, I, I almost walked away on that one, okay? Almost walked away on that one. Mordecai, interesting enough, because we're going to obviously learn about Mordecai up in this message, amen? Mordecai is a type or a foreshadow of a representation of the Holy Spirit who gets the attention of the bride of Christ. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's the one that leads us. He convicts us. He guides us, right? So Mordecai got the attention of Esther later on in life when there was a threat that she wasn't aware of, and we're going to get into that. But Mordecai is an interesting name because in Persian, it means little boy. And you know, I find that interesting because, you know, there's that young lad, right, in the gospel, that mysterious young lad. Uh, let's not get into that right now. <laughs> and then Haman is one of the other main characters we're going to talk about. And we know Haman represents the devil, uh, more importantly, the Antichrist. And his name means noise or tumult. If you notice with the Antichrist, he's very pompous, Um he makes a lot of noise, but not immediately, okay? Uh, when I say noise, I mean problem, right? He, he causes a whole lot of... The Bible says he will wear out the saints. But again, let's chill. We got to take it one step at a time. So, boom. Let's fast forward now. Y'all enjoying the meal? It's good to be back at the table with y'all. Just check this out. It says... Boom. Verse 6. Who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had been carried away with Jeconia, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away? Okay. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. And maid was, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. And this is another amazing mystery, is that Esther had no mother and father, right? They both were dead. We as the bride of Christ, in reality, even though we, we have physical mom and, and father on the earth, some you some of y'all out there, you have both your parents. Some of us have, like me, my mother passed away. I still have my earthly pops, you know what I'm saying, on the earth. But the point is, is what I seen in the spirit here is that Jesus said, who is my brother, who is my mother, but they that do the will of God the Father, right? He said, Anyone who chooses father or mother or brother over me is not worthy of me. So in the sense, the reason why Esther, another, another layer on why, guaranteed, she represents the bride of Christ is because we have to have the attitude, although we honor our father and mother on the earth and we want to be there for them, when it comes to the gospel, they don't exist. What do I mean by that? That means if they try to interfere, if they're against the gospel, I choose Jesus over my father and mother. 
Oh, that's good. Remember what he said? Lord, let me bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead and follow me. So you love your father and mother. You honor them, but you don't choose them ever over the gospel. So in a sense, even though they're alive, you have to always consider yourself that you will have no father and mother on the earth if they come against the gospel. You will honor them and pray for them, but you won't allow them to dictate what thus saith the Lord wants you to do and try to stop you from doing that. Okay. Just wanted to throw that nugget out there, but let's go ahead. We got a lot to get into here. So, all right, boom. So when it came to pass, when the king's command and his decree was heard, that many maidens were gathered together under Shushan, the palace, to the custody of Haggai. And Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her the things to purification with such things as belongeth to her, the seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house, and preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. This is interesting because this person represents apostles. These are the ones that help the bride of Christ get cleaned up and get prepared to meet Christ. Oh, I can't. Come on. Come on. Wow. Wow. Are you hearing this right now? So, and you notice there were seven appointed. Even in the book of Acts, there are seven men that are appointed to help the church. This is fantastic. What an amazing prophetic revelation. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But look what it says. Where we at now? Okay, verse 10, it says, And Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house and to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now, this is going to be kind of a radical statement, what I'm about to say. I truly believe, do you think Mordecai was led to tell Esther to not tell them that she was of the Jews. Rightly so, I would say yes, but I think there is a certain foreshadow warning here. Because if you look at it, what if King Ahasuerus wouldn't have cared? What if he would have been more than fine marrying Esther, even though she was a Jew? But for some reason, Mordecai was telling her to hide her identity, her bloodline identity. And I often think there are so many Christians now that hide their faith. They don't talk, wow, <laughs> they don't talk about Christ on the job. They get embarrassed to mention the Son of God. But on Sunday, they all over the place and twirling and shaking and on the ground and yelling and hooing and hollering. But they don't really show their bloodline and the spirit. They don't show they're of Christ. And could this be why the enemy got so bold? Why the Haman rose up? Why he was able to decree to slaughter all the Jews? Because the queen... Didn't want to say where she was from. Was it shame? Was it wisdom? Was it prudency? That's going to be something you're going to have to debate 
with yourself and take it to the closet. Maybe give me your opinion in the, in the comment section. I really would like to know what you think, but there's no doubt about it. I do have a valid point that, that in our day, why are the Bill Gates and the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the Queen Elizabeths and the Popes and the, why are they so bold to wage war against the saints of God right now? Why are they kicking so many believers off of uh, social media right now? Could it be because the bride is not open about who she really is and bold with it? That's a deep one. Let's leave it alone, though, shall we? So anyways, either way, Esther gained favor. Amen. Now, and Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now, when every maid's turn was come to go to the king, Ahasuerus, after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of women. This is amazing. Okay, there's a whole different revelation here. For so were the days of the purification accomplished to wit six months with oil of Oh, I'm burping. This is such a good meal. Don't frown like you don't be burping. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odor and with other things for the purifying of the women. So for 12 months, okay, six months alone, bathing and purifying herself in oil of myrrh. And if you remember the wise men when they came to meet God in the flesh as a Baby, literally, Jesus Christ as a newborn child, they presented gifts to the Almighty in the flesh, to the Messiah. One of them was myrrh. It represents death because he had to die for us. The gold represented the king of all kings, the kingship, right? And that the frankincense is because he is the high priest offering up the prayers, right? Very interesting. That's a whole nother Bible study. But this represents that Esther, again, we're looking at Esther as us, the church, okay? We are, we're trying to be presented to go see Jesus Christ in a time of need. There is a man appointed to women. He's like the apostles and the prophets and those that are the bishops, those who have rule over you, not as some weird cult leader, but simply order and decency. They have more wisdom from God. They hear from God more clear. They're more mature. They care for your direction and where you're going. They're like a little shepherd making sure you don't walk off a cliff or get destroyed by wolves. It's good to have this. But they're there to help you get purified and to walk you through the process of purification. But for six months, Esther bathed in the oil of myrrh. What this means for us is that, saints, before you could go to Jesus Christ in a certain level, you got to bathe in spiritual oil of myrrh, which means you got to die to self. You got to die to your own will. Oh, that's so good. Wow. You got to die to the ways of the world. You no longer like the things of the world. It's a dying process. Why do you think all through the Bible, Paul said, I die daily? Mortify my members. I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. He that wants to follow me must first deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow after me. Listen, if you picked up a cross in the days of the Romans, it was because you was about to die. So that oil of myrrh represented a dying process. Are you seeing it now? I, I should have at least did three walkaways by now. This is so good. What an amazing revelation. Thank you, Jesus Christ. So now...
she's bathing herself in the oil of myrrh. And notice that she's also washed. Okay, check this out now. She's also washed with sweet odors and other things of a purifying of the women. And when you look at that in the spirit, what did Paul say? Go to Ephesians 5, just real quick. Make sure you got one finger um, locked in this page so you don't lose it, okay? But just, or just stay where you at. Let a brother like me go there. So Ephesians 5, look at what it says in, in verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering of a what? Sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Are you seeing this? This is like, what? And also Philippians 4.18. And we'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Moving forward, hold on. It says, now thanks, be un- now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the savor of the knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet, what? Savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. So here you got the, the, the spiritual prophetic foreshadow that she went through six months of a dying process, the myrrh, right? Dying to self. And then she had to start to get the savor of Christ on her. Now, we're talking about us as the bride of Christ. We are the, the greater Esther. Ahasuerus, Jesus is the greater Ahasuerus. Do you get what I'm saying? So now you see that, but here's where it gets deeper. There is a washing all through the Bible, if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, read it on your own time. Well, you know what? We, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Ephesians 5, back to 5. Look at what it says now. This is going to be in verse, I want to say 26, uh, 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You see? So we are washed by the word. You got to start to get clean, brother, sister. You got to start to die to self, get purified by the water of the word and by the living water. Jesus is the word become flesh and get that sweet smell on you. So that way you're prepared to present yourself to the Messiah or the greater Ahasuerus. Remember, Ahasuerus is the prince. He's the head, the chief. Jesus Christ is the the chief. He's the prince of peace. He's the head of the bride of Christ. He is the Lord of all lords. I mean, should I continue? So now, interesting, very interesting. So we move forward. She goes through this whole, like I said, I'm kind of breezing through it because I'm going to keep it real. This one right here could be a five-hour teaching. Some of y'all like, come on, do it. Because I want this message to spread fast, I've realized that if messages are too long, unfortunately, the way people's minds have become messed up, they tune out quick. So I'm trying my best to just skim through it, okay? Maybe later on and down the road, we'll do a more in-depth study or you do it, amen? So, boom. Obviously, 
Okay, let's just keep reading. Let's go to 14. And in the evening she went in on the morrow. She returned in unto the second house of the women into the custody of Shahagas in the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came into the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. This is very interesting because the king does, just don't call people by name. I mean, you know, it's going to sound a little messed up, but even in the world, men that just want to fornicate with women, some of them don't even remember the name of the woman they with. You know what I'm saying? But that one woman that when a man changes his life and he wants to be a mature man and get married and hopefully give his life to the Lord. Amen. He now knows his wife. He calls her by name. But there wasn't respect for women when he was growing up, unfortunately. But notice he calls Esther by name. I find this fascinating because Jesus Christ calls us by our name. In fact, if you remember Mary, she was the first one to see Jesus after his resurrection. And this is why sisters, you know, you know, some some people could be harsh with you and say you're the weaker vessel. Men are stronger than you and things like this. Um, yes, there are certain things that women are not allowed to do. It is what it is. A woman is not allowed to be the head, right? Because at the head of the woman is the man and at the head of the man is Christ. But ladies, there is so much that God does through women. You know what I mean? Uh, prophesy, speak in tongues, lay hands on the sick, evangelize. But I find it interesting and fascinating that it was a woman who met Christ first after his resurrection. But notice that he called her by name. He said, Mary. I truly believe this is a parallel of the story of Esther. That at that moment when Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, now he opened up, the veil was torn and he opened up that door to now here is the bride of Christ. He got his bride. Now he can call us by name. It wasn't just Mary. We all are the bride of Christ that give our life to him. Amen. So pretty cool catch right there. Praise God. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Behel, uh, and the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but that Haggai, the king's chamberlain, that the keeper of the women appointed, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all of them that looked upon her. And it, I, I can almost tell you, it wasn't just a physical beauty with Esther. I bet you she was very laid back. She was humble. And she just had an anointing on her, just like a glow on her. One of the many things I love about my wife, and she's so beautiful inside and out, she's very kind. She cares about sisters. She don't exalt herself and look down on women. And even when I first met her, even in the world, before she got saved, she was the type to stick up for the woman that was getting picked on or the woman that cute girls made fun of. And that's one thing I've always admired about my wife, you know. And, you know, Esther, there was something about her, and it couldn't have been just her beauty. I don't believe that. Because Vashti definitely 
Vashti was a very beautiful woman, but she was ugly on the inside. She took for granted the favor King Ahasuerus had on her. She became high-minded, knowing she's the greatest of all women when it comes to beauty. But never forget that Lucifer... Wow, what? Lord, you're so good. That just dropped on me. Never forget that Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covereth. He was unlike any of the other angels. He was very unique, and it got to him. It lifted him up in pride. And sadly, this is what happened with... But if you notice, Vashti had that same attitude. And a lot of people that believe they're the chosen of God, they have that attitude. They think they're better than everybody. They think they're the chosen, and that's it. But... They want to look past the blood of the lamb. They don't want to acknowledge that now God has broken down that wall, the Bible says, right? But that character, that attitude, that puffed up mind, very ugly. Listen, ladies, some of y'all, you know, in the world, you dated a brother that fit your eyes perfectly. To you, he was gorgeous, but he was dirty inside. He was ugly. He cheated on you. He was a narcissist. Was it worth it at the end of the day? Brothers, some of y'all dated the, the cutest female around. You know what I'm saying? The baddest, what they would say, the baddest chick in the club. But she was dirty inside. She was stuck up. She, she was mean. She thought she was all that. And Look, beauty on the outside, it ain't nothing if, if they that ugly on the inside. So Esther was something unique. She was beautiful outward and inward. That's what you want. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees, on the outside you look clean, but on the inside you're dead, dead men's bones. No, no, no. You got to be beautiful inside and out. And the only way to achieve that is to get the beauty of holiness, the beauty of Christ. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's keep it moving. It says here, boom, yeah. Hold on. Alright. 16. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his royal house in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. This is interesting. And do not be, do not overlook the number seven for seven years. Okay, some of y'all know exactly where I'm going with that. So Esther is made queen. And there's a great feast going on, like it's just beautiful. Boom. Okay, but we, we do gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta fast forward here. Alright. So, Wow, I'm catching revelation about verses 21 to 23, but I'm going to leave it alone. Has to do with Judas hanging, but okay, so now, boom. Let's, now we got to skip a lot because we got to get into the calling of the fast and what we're going to do. So there's a whole lot and there's so many revelations and so many mysteries revealed within this message and within this holy book. But I'm just keeping it real. I'm going to have to paraphrase a lot. So if you go through, Haman is like totally jealous of Mordecai. He's envious. Okay, he wants what Mordecai has. And I got another message about that. Uh, Lord willing, when God permits, I'll tell y'all about that. But Mordecai, 
eventually hears that Haman has tricked the king. And he's tricked the king into signing a decree to slaughter the Jews. Right? And Esther is clueless about it. And that's crazy. But it lets you know. Okay, well, we're not going to get there yet. But, but Mordecai knows about it. Okay? And Mordecai's like, what? So Mordecai's at the gate. And if you have not watched the message, The Cry of Mordecai, these are almost like hand in hand. Perfect to watch back to back. It's called The Cry of Mordecai. Please watch it. But Mordecai is crying at the gate, trying to get the attention. I mean, he's in sackcloth and ashes and weeping. See, this is what God is looking for. Sincere repentance. Not a bunch of sinful so-called Christians watching messages online from fake prophets and teachers telling them God is about to deliver them from everything, but yet they're living filthy, nasty, and sinful. It don't work that way. I'm telling you. The Bible talks about the wrath of God is stored up for the wicked. There is he the ungodly, okay? So one can say they believe in Jesus, but if they're living ungodly, their actions show you they don't believe in Jesus. Because they don't even tremble when he's mentioned. But here's the thing. Mordecai finally gets the attention of Esther. But the lesson here, saints, especially if you're in a luxurious country, everything is going well for you, that being lifted to a place of royalty, have could you be blinded to the handwriting on the wall? Esther, everything was decreed right underneath her nose and she didn't even know about it. Her people were about to be wiped out, but she was too busy in the palace, laying on silk bed sheets and golden tapestries and eating grapes and fancy cheeses and wines, being the queen. She didn't even pay attention to the cry of her uncle Mordecai. Lesson be learned as a follower of the Messiah. Don't get to a place in your life where you're so comfortable you don't hear the cry of the Holy Spirit warning you that wrath is coming. Warning you that the Antichrist is rising up. Are you prepared? Wow. Somebody that is deep. Me and tell me this is all been a dream. wrath is coming, warning you that the Antichrist is rising up. Are you prepared? Wow, that is deep. So, she gets the attention, excuse me, Mordecai gets her attention. If you go to chapter 4, let's, let's go ahead now. Verse 1, when Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. You see, a bitter cry is an interesting cry because it's a cry of sincerity. 
There's a lot of believers, they're, they're not truly weeping before the Lord. And that's why I'm trying to tell you, this prophecy that I'm telling y'all about is for some, but not for all. You have to be sincere. Now look at this. And came before the king's gate, and none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. Now watch this. We're going to go down now. We're going to fast forward. All right, verse 11. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king in the inner court, who is not called there, in other words, unannounced, will be put to death, except such of whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with yourself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. So now he had to remind Esther, like, what, do you think if we all get slaughtered, you're going to live? Like, why don't you think for everyone, not just yourself? And this, again, is an amazing prophecy of how the bride of Christ in this last hour, so many, sadly, some of you, have become so selfish. There's so many people that just think of themselves. They forget what God has done for them or what the people of God have done for them. Don't be that person. Now look. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise of the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That's that strong word right there. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast you for me and neither eat nor drink three days and three uh, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise and so will I go in in unto the king which is not according to the law and if I perish I perish so Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him so remember chapter 4 so they decreed a fast three days three nights eat or drink nothing now thank God we have the blood of the lamb amen he helps us where we fail so I'm not going to put a yoke that you shouldn't have food or drink in fact you're going to choose but for some, it would be wise, right? No food at all and try your best to not drink anything. However, I'm not going to be the one to tell you what to do. But believe you me, you need to join this fast one way or the other, whether it's a fast where you just have juice and you coast through. Look, I'm not going to get too deep into it because what's ridiculous is how come the people here could do it, but yet I got to pamper Christians in this last hour. All I'm trying to tell you is you got to take that decision to the Lord on how you fast. But as, as far as, you know, the saints of the Most High God, we're going to take this fast serious. This is a serious fast. This is a fast to save us from what is coming. You know, the saints of the Most High God, we're going to take this fast serious. This is a serious fast. This is a fast to save us from what is coming. I hope you know what I'm saying to you. This is not a game. This is not, well, I'll think about it, man of God. Or well, if you want to think about it, then don't. We are desperate. Can't you see? The enemy is getting ready. 
We need to do this. I hope you know what I'm saying to you. This is not a game. This is not, well, I'll think about it, man of God. Or if you want to think about it, then don't. We are desperate. Can't you see? The enemy is getting ready. We need to do this. So boom, they all fast. And it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house and over against the gates of the house. And it was so that the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court and she obtained favor in his sight. Are you serious? But what I need you to see, that three-day fast... It moved a lot of things. Remember, Jesus said some demons don't come out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting breaks yokes, the Bible said. To undo the heavy burdens. Read Isaiah 58. This is why we're calling a three-day fast. And I'm going to give the date and time when we're fasting and when we'll be ending. Saints, we need this. All around the earth right now, saints, we need to come together. This is how we can unite. By fasting together. By fasting together. In the name of Jesus Christ. But notice she put on the royal apparel. Notice she entered into his throne room. Why do you think in Hebrews chapter 4, Paul says, Enter into the throne of God with boldness in a time of need. I can promise you, you ask him when we get to heaven, Lord willing. Was Paul thinking about Esther when he wrote that in Hebrews? I'm telling you he did. Esther entered into her husband's throne in a time of need. Wow. Wow. Come on. Come on. We need to go see Jesus Christ in this time of need with boldness. We need help down here. But you got to put on the royal apparel. See, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Why do you think in Romans chapter 13, go there real quick. Make sure you stay in Esther. But just hold your point now. Hold your spot and go to Romans 13 with me. Just, just watch. Just watch. Romans 13. Oh, this is such a good word. Wow, Lord. Hallelujah. Romans 13. Where we at? We're going to go to verse uh, 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. One of my favorites is in Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. Also, Job 29, 14, Isaiah 61, 10, put on righteousness, right? Put on Christ. That is your royal apparel. You put on Christ to enter into the throne of God to get help in a time of need. Just as Esther put on her royal apparel to get the help from her husband, the king Ahasuerus, in a time of need. Now... As we're fast forwarding, as we're moving in this, because like I said, I have to paraphrase a lot. It is what it is. Like, it's sad. I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. Okay, so now fast forward, fast forwarding, what happens? She gets her husband's attention. Haman gets caught on his scheme and ends up hanging on the very thing he hoisted up. 
Remember how the Bible says if, if the princes of this world knew who it was they were killing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Satan, in hanging Jesus on the cross, inevitably hung himself. What do I mean by that? He destroyed his own power. He had power and dominion over Adam. When he had Jesus murdered on the cross, he was unlawful. Jesus is righteous. And therefore, Satan lost the keys. He lost the power. You see the parallel here with Haman. Oh, that's so good. What he meant for Mordecai, he ended up hanging on the very same thing he hoisted up for Mordecai. But now there was a problem. Because, okay, great. Esther got the attention of the king, Ahasuerus, the greatest ruler of that time. All right, excellent. But when the king gives a decree, it cannot return void. In other words, even the king cannot change his decree. This means that there's no backing out of it. On a certain day, on a certain month in a day, they have to be slaughtered. The Jews in the entire kingdom have to be hunted down and murdered. What do you think is going on now? Can't you see the Antichrist? It's getting ready to murder the children of God. Despite what your favorite cornball preachers online got to say. Despite what these fake preachers online got to say. The Bible clearly says he will wear out the saints. He will overcome the saints and make war with them. The saints will be beheaded. We wait for the rapture, but we got to prepare for war. The same thing I'm trying to show you, this prophetic warning. The same thing I'm trying to show you, this prophetic warning. Wow. But what do we do, O King? It's decreed. Let's find out. Let's find out. Y'all ready for it? Y'all ready for it? Watch this. Verse ten going, uh, verse uh, nine going down. Then were the king's scribes. This is chapter eight, verse nine going down. Then were the king's scribes called at the time in the third month, that is the month of Shiva, on the three and twentieth day thereof, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews, and to the uh, lieutenants, and to the deputies, and the rulers in the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia, a hundred and twenty and seven provinces. How many were in the upper room? Do you remember? Wow, that's deep. That's deep. According to the writing thereof, and unto every people after their language, and the Jews according to their writing, according to their language, and he wrote in the king's Ahasuerus's name, and sealed it with the king's ring, and sent letters to post to horseback riders on mules and camels and young, uh, young men, wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together, and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, to cause, to perish all the power of the people and provinces that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Are you hearing this? Upon one day in all the provinces 
of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the 13th day of the 20th month, uh, the 12th month, which is the month of Adar. A, the copy of the writing for the commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people that the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So the posts that rode upon mules and camels went out, being hasted, pressed by the king's commandment. And the decree was given to Shushan the, the, uh, Shushan the palace. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, and with a great crown of gold, wherewith the garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced with glad, and was glad the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. Are you hearing this? In every province and in every city wheresoever the king commanded and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Jews for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Are you hearing this? Wow. Hmm. Uh, oh, this is so good. Imagine it said many became Jews. You see how the Gentiles are grafted in? Are y'all catching this? And you see how you see how now they're gonna win this battle because Mordecai is in his rightful position of authority. When the bride of Christ goes to Jesus, it'll establish the Holy Spirit in rightful authority to lead us and guide us, whether it's into battle, whether it's into the wilderness. Oh, come on! Wow, Lord, I just love it. Ladies, y'all should be shouting. The book of Esther is on and popping right now. Brothers, look at this. Verse uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Now in the 12th month, that is the month of Adar, on the 13th day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution, in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary. Are you hearing this? And that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. Oh, this is so good. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the province of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their hurt, that no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon all the people. And all the rulers of the province and the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews, because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. You imagine that, the fear of God. Not Mordecai as God. Remember, we're looking at the foreshadow. We are to fear God. Who is God? You have the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And these three are one, the Bible says. Now listen to this. Wow. Wow. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame went out throughout all the province. For this man, Mordecai, waxed greater and greater. Thus the Jews smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword and slaughter and destruction and did what they would unto those that hated them. Wow. And in Shushan the palace, the Jews slew and destroyed 500 men. And Parashandatha and Diphon and Aspatha and Poratha and Adila and Aridatha and, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Y'all know I be chopping up these names, man. We just go skip to 10 real quick. And the 10 sons of Haman, the sons of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, slew they. But on the spoil laid they not their hand. 
Now, hold on a minute. Hold on. Let's just slow down. No, no, no. Let's keep going. Let's let's keep going. What am I saying? What am I saying? Verse 12. And the king said unto Esther the queen, The Jews have slain and destroyed 500 men in Shushan, the palace, and the ten sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's province? Now what is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. Or what is thy request further? It shall be done. Then said Esther, If it please the king, let it be granted to the Jews which are in Shushan to do tomorrow also according to this day's decree. Let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done. And and the decree was given at Shushan that they hanged Haman's sons. This lets you know that fighting against the Antichrist, Satan, but also his offspring. Right? We are at war, saints. And of course, the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They want to use physical weapons against the bride of Christ, but we have supernatural power. Remember, there's 144,000 that's going to travel the earth. The valley of dry bones is rising up. The two witnesses. Hallelujah! Now listen to this. For the Jews that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the 14th day and also the month of Adar and slew 300 men at Shushan. But on the prey, they laid not their hands. But on the other Jews, they were in the king's provinces and gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew their foes, 70 and 5,000. What? But they laid not their hands on the prey. And on the 13th day of the month in Adar, on the, on the 14th day of the same rested day, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Are y'all hearing this? But the Jews... That were at Shushan assembled together on the 13th day thereof and on the 14th thereof and on the 15th day of the same they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwailed towns made the 14th day of the month Adar a day of gladness and feasting and a good day and of sending portions one to another. You see this? And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews that were on all the provinces of the king, Ahasuerus, both both near and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month of Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned into them from sorrow to joy, from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. Do not forget the poor. Y'all better catch this. And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun, and Mordecai had written unto them, because Haman the son of Hamadia and Agilite, the enemy of all the Jews, have devised against the Jews to destroy them and had cast pure, that means lot, well, there it is. That is the lot to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letter that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore, they called these days Pur. 
right? And after the name of Pur, which is Lot's. Therefore, for all the words of this letter and all that which had been seen concerning this matter which had come to them. Now, we're not going to read any more. Now, listen. Think about this logically. They casted Lot's, right? So, they wanted judgment against the Jews, but God turned it around, right? And this is fascinating because we're seeing everything, that we enter into the throne of God with boldness in a time of need, Hebrews chapter 4. We see that Esther entered into her husband, the king's throne, in a time of need. She put on that royal garment. We are to put on Jesus Christ, right? And don't forget Revelations chapter 3, verse 4. It talks about soiled garments, right? Make sure your garment is clean. Amen? We, we realize that the weapons were provided, that the king decreed that they would have support. And, and also given weapons. Notice that the weapons of a warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, are not carnal but mighty through God. God is going to provide us supernatural weapons, saints. This is why we're going to fast for three days and three nights together. We're going to ask God to avenge us of our enemies. To provide weapons of warfare. And if, if some of you, you've been in Ahab ministries your whole life and this seems aggressive to you, stay and don't run away. This is real gospel here. Okay? I'm sorry you've been in effeminate ministries your whole life, but this is a war. The Bible says in the New Testament that we are in a war. We are to have on the whole armor of God. So we need God to give us this armor. Give us our sword. Give us our shield. Give us supernatural weapons. Look at the two witnesses in Revelations 11. They have power. And people are dying at their hand. So clearly, people are misrepresenting the gospel. But you see, we just don't need physical weapons. Paul blinded that false prophet. He didn't splash him with bleach. He spoke the word of God and the man dropped blind. Saints, it's come to this. And there are so many false prophets and effeminized preachers that want to try to strike at a man of God like, that want to try to turn you away from a ministry like this because they're saying, oh, he's angry, he's aggressive, he's a man of war. God is a God of war. He's coming back with a sword. They want to disengage you. Brother, they want to castrate you. Sister, they want to take you and over-emotionalize you and make you afraid in this last hour instead of giving you a sword and a shield in the spirit and saying, stand up. Wage war against the beast system. Cry aloud and spare not. It ain't time to become weak and emaciated. It's time to stand together as a mighty army. The army that Satan is terrified to gather. Wow. Now you see why this is so important. And we're seeing the parallel. Let's just run it all together before we pray. And get ready for this fast. Ahasuerus means prince and head. Jesus is the prince of peace and he is the head of the bride. Esther means to hide or conceal or be hidden. Hadassah meant the myrtle tree which is a beautiful fragrance. Vashti means the most beautiful of women. Mordecai, little boy. We already kind of tapped into that. Haman obviously represented the enemy. We see the foreshadow that Ahasuerus represents a foreshadow of Christ. Esther is a foreshadow of the bride. 
Let's just stick to those two for now. And Mordecai, a foreshadow of the Holy Spirit getting our attention. Because the Holy Spirit, he's the one who helps the bride of Christ. Convicts her when she's wrong. Gets her attention. Encourages her. Gives wisdom on what to do. Right? And Mordecai was finally put into a position of authority. And everything now, now everything moves smoothly. We need to have the Holy Spirit where he belongs. There's too many fake leaders trying to idolize themselves and have people worship them and play the role of the Holy Spirit. Come down, you false prophets, and let the Holy Spirit be hoisted up as the one to look to. Hallelujah. Now, we realize that some of y'all haven't even taken your, your six-month bath yet. Let's be real. So we're going to commit to this six-month bath. Not a literal six months, but spiritually. I'm trying to show you something. That we must bathe in the oil of myrrh. We must die to self. Die to the will of the world. Did not Jesus die to self? Did he not say, not my will, but your will be done, Father? He didn't care about his will. That's what it means to bathe in the oil of myrrh. So in this prayer we're about to do, we're going to ask God to cleanse us in the oil of myrrh, in the spirit. Notice she bathed in that sweet savor smells, right? We read in Ephesians. We read in Philippians. We read in 2 Corinthians how Christ is our sweet smell. We have to present to smell good to God. To get his attention. To please our Messiah. Wow. So good. And to be washed by the water of the word. Amen. Amen. So let us go ahead and pray. This prayer is so important, saints. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. But we are declaring a worldwide fast. All nations, believers across the earth. We love you all. We love you so much. It is time. This is our way to connect. This is our way to be one and together here and now. Thank God for this technology. For the word of the Lord. Coming through my voice into this microphone. Into the system. Uploaded onto YouTube and into your ear. That's how supernatural this is. It's time for us to come to an agreement. The 23rd of this month, the 24th of this month, until the sun goes down, three days, write it down, we are declaring a fast worldwide. We are fasting for help to get the attention of our great and mighty king, the greater Ahasuerus, and we are the greater Esther. We have to bathe and repent and die to self. We have to get washed in the oil of myrrh. We have to get blessed with the sweet-smelling oils and the fragrances. We have to put on the royal garment. And we have to enter into the throne of God with boldness in this time of need. Just as Esther entered into her husband's throne in a time of need. She could have been struck down dead. But she knew to die to herself. She said, if I perish, I perish. We have to have this attitude, saints. And we have to ask God to help us. These people want to destroy us, saints. Can't you see it? They're shutting down the believers online. What do you think is coming next? The Antichrist is getting ready. We need help. The Antichrist is getting ready. We need help. The Antichrist is getting ready. We need help. 
So will you pray with me? And will you declare this fast? What you do for that fast, that's on you. That's on you, okay? I'm not going to tell you how to fast. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you right now, join us. Three days and three nights fasting together. You can do it the way they did it, or you can do it how you believe you're led. It's time. Say this with me. Let's say it together, and let's say it like we mean it. Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, forgive me, Lord God, for not paying attention like I should and not hearing the cry of Mordecai. Holy Spirit, you've been crying out for our attention. Lord, you have my attention. I repent of all my sins. Wash me in your holy blood. Lord Jesus Christ, wash me in the water of the word. Bathe me in your spiritual oil of myrrh that I may die to my will and die to the ways of the world and be dead to sin and to the law and alive in you. Lord, bless me with your beautiful, sweet smell and your fragrance, O God. Lord Jesus, according to Ephesians 5 and 2 Corinthians 2, bless me with your beautiful smell that I may go to you, Lord, and gain your favor that you will call me by name. Wow! Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Wow, this is so strong. I don't want to defile my garment, oh God. Keep me pure. Lord Jesus Christ, right now, I'm declaring this fast. Help me to get through it, Jesus. A three-day fast because I need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, I put you on right now, supernaturally by faith, And I'm entering into the throne of God with boldness In this time of need Father God I come to you With your son Jesus Christ as my righteousness Washed in his holy blood Father they are waging war against us They have set a date to murder us The Antichrist and the beast system. They're locking down the earth. Preparing to wage war against your children. We are asking for help, Father God. And Lord Jesus Christ, the same way King Ahasuerus provided weapons for Esther, Mordecai, and their people. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you now. Make a decree from heaven that you will provide us supernatural weapons. The whole armor of God, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet of the gospel. The shield of faith. Oh God, right now, Lord Jesus Christ, 
deliver us from the hands of our enemies. Raise up your 144,000. Raise up the tribes of Israel. Remember them, Lord God. Raise up the two witnesses. Speak to the dry bones. Raise up your church, O God, to have no fear, but to rejoice and celebrate. You have the victory, God. Jesus Christ, you're coming back to destroy the Antichrist and the false prophet and the beast system and to cast Satan down to the pit. Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we are declaring a fast together to cry out unto you to be humble during the fast, to put down technology, to weep, to cry bitterly for your help. We have come properly, God. We have declared we need to be washed. We've asked you for the oil of myrrh that represents the dying to self. We've asked you to bless us with the fragrance of Christ. Right now, we are putting on the garment of Christ in righteousness now. We have entered your throne with boldness now. And Lord God, on the third day and the third night, we will come to you together in prayer. We want to shake the earth with prayer. And God, if you would allow me to do a live stream where my wife and I and many with us can pray together on live stream. When the sun goes down, Father God, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord God. Destroy Haman. Destroy his offspring, all the fallen angels and the devils. Break their plans, O oh God, and render them powerless, Jesus Christ. And we pray that our enemies will repent and become Jews. They will become saved, or they will fall by the sword of God. I declare it, for you will sound the trumpets. You will pour the vials. You will do it, God. For your wrath is coming swiftly on the ungodly. And we pray as many will be saved, can be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. There's such a strong presence of the Lord right now, saints. I know I'm not the only one feeling the Lord this strong right now saints of God that prayer the Lord totally moved me out of the way are you ready stay humble get ready for this fast to come together worldwide and pray and cry out unto the Lord to sing praises and songs to the Lord. Will you join us? By the grace of God, Lord willing, let's come together, saints. Let's do it. America, Canada, Mexico, South America, all of the countries of Africa, United Kingdom, all the countries, 
all around the earth, Australia, Russia, all around the earth, will you join us in the Messiah? Will you meet us in the secret place? Will you humble yourself and fast? Do you see the handwriting? Do you see the decree? Do you see what they're planning against the children of God? Do you not see they are planning to slaughter? Is it not prophesied that the Antichrist will wage war against the saints? They may have the strength in physical weapons, but we are asking God to give us spiritual weapons and to be able to endure to the end. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean saints of God will not be murdered. It doesn't mean saints of God will not be hunted down and persecuted. But we will have what it takes to endure to the end. And the Bible says, he that endures to the end shall be saved. God will fill you with perfect love that you will not be afraid. Fill you with his faith that you will not doubt. But you better seek God like you mean it. This whole religious play play stuff is over. False prophets and leaders being the one to lead you is over. It is time to be led by Jesus Christ. The true shepherd. And to hear the cry of Mordecai. Do you hear the Holy Spirit? It's time. We love you all. Get ready. Prepare yourself for this fast. Help spread this message. And we thank you so much for being in the fight with us and being in Christ, more importantly. In Jesus Christ's name, we love you all. Rise up, Esther. Rise up for such a time as this. God has kept you hidden, sister. Brother, God has kept you hidden. It's time for you to come out. It's time for you to cry aloud and spare not. It's time for you to serve the Lord. <laughs>